the World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years. Symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Wrestling's G1 Climax, and as we listen to Satoshi, Satoshi Kojima's theme, which sounds like it's right out of one of the 90s Mega Man games, which is awesome, and let's see, we had Night 9 early this morning, so here's the plan for today, recording Night 8 right now, a review, I'm gonna watch Night 9, then record a review of Night 9. So Night 8 had a series of great matches, especially the two main event matches. And I really can't uh, compliment them enough. The top two matches being uh, Kazuchika Okada against Satoshi Kojima and Michael Elgin against uh, Michael Elgin against Kenny Omega. Awesome, awesome, awesome matches. So here we go. We're going to just start with the opening tag matches, as usual, and work our way forward. The card opened up with Suzuki Goon, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado against two of the Young Lions, Sh uh, Shota Umino um, and Ren Narita. And this was, you know, you're just basic opener. Desperado won when he submitted Narita with a stretch muffler. So... Not much to this match other than that. The Young Lions, of course, getting to highlight their increasing abilities a little bit. Next up was Togi Makabe and the leader of Taguchi Japan, Rasuke Taguchi. I probably butchered that. I'm sorry. Uh, and he's against... They were against Yuji Nagata and Harai Kawato. And... The interesting part of this match was Makabe and Nagata, of course, brawling all over the place, uh, hinting at their match. And as seems to happen a lot with Makabe, after the bell rang, he kind of got in a fight with Nagata and wanted to keep fighting, which will build some heat for the match on day nine. Taguchi got the win with a stretch muffler, or uh, sorry, with an ankle lock over Kawato. Uh, it was Desperado in the last match that won with the stretch muffler. Then we had the Bullet Club, Bad Luck, Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens against Kota Ibushi, Tomoyuki Oka, and Katsuya Kitamura. And 
I really like how uh, after they were against each other in a tag match a few weeks ago, Oka and Kitamura now are like best buddies. They beat the crap out of each other and now they're best friends, which I think is really cool. And, uh, you know, they come out and they have their arm on each other's shoulders and they're like, come on at us. We're going to take you, man. And it's awesome. I can get behind these two as a tag team, but I see Oka someday as a future heavyweight champion. But, you know, it wouldn't hurt them to be in a tag team either. Kojima and Tenzan are in a tag team, and we're both heavyweight champions as well. So, this was a pretty fun match overall. Obviously, the big match coming up is Bad Luck Fale against Kota Ibushi, which should be very interesting. And, uh... Chase Owens got the win here with a package pile driver on Oka. So next up we had Tetsuya Naito and Bushi lost in Gobernables to Hapan against Chaos, Tomohiro Ishii, and Ghetto. And uh, again, Naito and Ishii is going to steal the show, probably for Night 9. I can't see how they wouldn't. They always, always have good matches. And uh, the ending of this match came uh, when Bushi countered Ghetto's Ghetto Clutch pinfall into a jackknife pin, and he got the pin. So Bushi picks up another win on his way to his junior heavyweight title shot against Kushida. Next up, we had Chaos, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto against Hiroshi Tanahashi and David Finley. And this was another... Pretty good match here. Uh, Finley, of course, they wanted to highlight him looking good, but uh, Tanahashi and Yoshihashi should be a good match. Goto pinned Finley with the GTR, and then uh, a good ending to the opening tag matches. And we move on to the B block matches. Tamatanga against Juice Robinson. This was a pretty good match. Robinson is very good at selling. Uh, ever since the match with Suzuki, he's been selling his knee, and that's going to become a, an important part of the story in his matches since uh, following that. And, uh, of course, Tematanga goes after the knee in this one. And I would argue Juice has gotten very, very good. Uh, Brian Rose, I believe it is, uh, on WrestlingObserver.com with his recap of the show, said uh, next to Ishii, he's becoming one of the best sellers on the roster. And you know what? I can't really disagree with that. Uh, Juice has been very, very good. And his selling has been absolutely exceptional. This G1 is highlighting one thing for him above anything else, is how dramatically he's improved. And he's ready to work at that upper mid-card, even top-level matches in New Japan. I mean... Expect to see him in a few more main events this coming year. That's what I'm saying. Uh, maybe for the Intercontinental title or even the Never Openweight uh, Championship. So that's a. Uh, this was a pretty good match. Lots of back and forth, of course. Robinson's knee was hev heavily bandaged, and Tongo went after it, uh, but Juice managed to hit a reverse DDT, uh, went for a submission, but Tonga made it to the ropes. Tonga clipped the knee after a suplex spot. He put Robinson in the tree of woe, gave a stinger splash to the knee twice, went for a gun stun, but uh, Robinson kept reversing it until Tonga hit a wrist lock DDT. Uh, after a small package attempt by Robinson, Tonga managed to get up and hit a gun stun and finally got the win. 
a very good match. Uh, then we had Sonata against Toru Yano, and Sonata was not up for the shenanigans, as uh, the review says here. He was taking none of uh, Yano's crap, immediately attacked him, and but Yano still managed to uh, uh, to roll him up and go for a near fall. Yano uh, undo undo yeah, undid the turnbuckle pad, and then Sonata attacked him with the turnbuckle, though, and uh, poured the contents of Yano's water bottle on top of his head, so he poured the water on Yano, which Yano normally does to his opponents. Uh, Sonata put him in a skull end, Yano grabbed the ropes, uh, then, let's see, he tried to tape up Sonata's legs, Yano that is, like, uh, like he did Kenny Omega, but Sonata cut him off, hit a tope, then he put him in the paradise lock, used the rope, uh, uh, ooh, okay, uh, yeah, sorry, they went up on the, uh, they went up on the ring ramp, and then Sonata put him on a paradise, put him in the paradise lock, and tied him up in that, and then walked uh, casually back to the ring as Yano was counted out, which I thought was really funny. And um, it's interesting because uh, NJPW does count out rids very rarely, and they've done three in this tournament, but all of them made sense with the stories they were telling. And uh, I like that. I like I like this count-out win, really. It wasn't a great match, of course, but Yano's matches never really are. It was just a fun match. Uh, Evil and Minoru Suzuki. Uh, this was not as good as I expected it to be. It was still really good, but it, it was not as good as I expected it to be. Uh, you know, I expected a little more out of these two, a little bit more harder-hitting. But uh, it became a brawl right away. They went out of the ring, and but Evil actually got the better of the brawl, and um, he used his steel chair spot where he put the chair on Suzuki's head, then hit it with another chair, knocking it off his head. Uh, Suzuki managed to lock in an armbar once they were back in the ring, but Evil got to the ropes. Uh, tai Chi came down to the ring along with Desperado, uh, and along with Desperado tried to take out Evil, but uh, loss of Gobernables to Hippon, uh, Bushi and Takahashi ran out. Takahashi got a huge pop, which I thought was great. And they uh, came out and brawled with the rest of Suzuki-gun and brought them out to the back, so the interference was really inconsequential. Uh, the, re the, re the referee took a chair away from Suzuki, Evil went for and then Evil went for the STO, uh, but Suzuki countered, put him in the sleeper, went for the gotch pile driver. And, but Evil escaped and then hit his own STO and pinned Minoru Suzuki for a huge upset. And I'm guessing based off the win, Evil is going to get a never title shot later in the year, which uh, would make sense. This was a good, good match. And uh, I, the one that I actually predicted wrong, I predicted uh, Tamatonga Sonata would win, so I was right on those two. Uh, I predicted... Evil would, or sorry, Suzuki would beat Evil, but I was wrong, and it was Evil beating Sanuki. Suzuki. <laughs> my goodness, my tongue got all tied up there. Sorry about that. I was looking at Sonata's name at the same time I was saying Sanuki. Uh, Suzuki. I did it again. Ah. Okay. So, uh, did that twice in a row. I can't believe that. Oh well. 
You can laugh at me. That's all right. We Next up, we had Kazuchika Okada against Satoshi Kojima, and this was awesome. I was hoping so much for Kojima to win this match, even though I picked Okada to win. And this was just a fantastic back-and-forth match, Battle of the Lariat. Okada kind of played the heel in the match, which I really like. Really liked. Uh, then he threw Tenzon into the ring and tried to get Tenzon to do something. Tenzon wanted to get into the fight. The fans started chanting Tenzon while Kojima was lying on the outside. Kojima wanted to get a comeback, but Okada uh, no sold everything and took him down in one shot. Kojima fired back with some Mongolian chops while the crowd went as he hit the chops, which I think is really cool when they do that. And uh, he ended up hitting a DDT on Okada. Kojima did his corner chops, but Okada came back and went for an elbow. Went for the Rainmaker, but Ko Kojima pushed him into the corner. Okada went to the top rope and fired some shots, but Kojima hit it with a lariat, sending him crashing to the floor in a, a very, very nice, nice segment. Then uh, Kojima went for the top rope with uh, Okada and hit a big Koji cutter off the top rope and then went for a pinfall but didn't get the win. He went for a brain buster and he hit that. Then he went for a lariat but Okada countered with a Rainmaker attempt. Kojima blocked it. Okada tried for a Rainmaker again. But right as he was about to put his arm up, Kojima blasted him with a lariat of his own. That spot was unbelievable. I, I retweeted a gif of it somewhere on my timeline. But the the lariat he hit Okada with was just killer. Awesome, awesome lariat. Okada came back with a drop kick uh, and missed the Rainmaker. And instead walked into a roaring elbow. And uh, Kojima tried, or a rolling elbow, whatever you want to call it. Kojima tried for a lariat again. Okada countered with a tombstone, then followed with a Rainmaker for the victory. This was a fantastic match. If you're going to watch... Any matches on this card, watch the top two, but uh, watch K Okada and Kojima. This was so great. A perfect example of Kojima still being able to go, despite the fact that he's an aging veteran. He is an unbelievable wrestler still. And, of course, Okada is amazing as usual, so this was an exceptional match. I wanted Kojima to get the big win here and uh, to defeat Okada. And... Uh, Instead, Okada continues his undefeated streak, which I'm going to talk about my theory about how I think that's going to go once we get at, to the next match here. But uh, I have an idea of how this tournament's going to end for Okada. I might be wrong, but I have an idea for it. And uh, if you go watch this match, you will really, really enjoy it. I give it a minimum four and a half stars. I can see it being higher. I can see it even going up to five, depending on how you feel. Uh, personally, I think I'd give it four and three quarters. Uh, an absolute minimum being four and a half, but four and three quarters would be my rating. Next up, we had Michael Elgin against Kenny Omega, and this was easily one of the better matches in the, the tournament so far. This was an impactful match, not just because they were hitting each other hard, but because of the result. And Elgin and Omega have been having an awesome tournament, both of them having great, great matches. 
and this might be the high point for both of them. Uh, they beat the crap out of each other. This rivalry was is really building for them in New Japan. As uh, I mean, other than Omega's rivalry with Okada, this is probably his next biggest rivalry, and I really like what they're doing with it. So they uh, started off with uh, Elgin get, hitting a huge lariat and cra sending uh, Omega crashing into the barricade on the outside. They he booted him, sending him into the crowd. Omega blocked a shot and jumped out the barricade. Uh, Elgin grabbed him instead and hit an overhead suplex. Elgin went for a sunset flip bomb, but Omega stayed on his shoulders, escaped, and then hit a super kick. They did some more back and forth. Elgin hit a German suplex and sent him to the corner and uh, hit some clotheslines. Omega cut him off, went for a crossbody. Elgin caught him and hit a spinning side slam. Uh... A Huracurana counter by Omega sent Elgin to the outside. After coming back into the ring, Omega hit a Snapdragon and followed with a, top, a Tope Conhilo to the floor, wiping out Elgin. They get, went back in the ring. Uh, more back and forth. They both tried to one-up each other with a bunch of moves. Elgin hit a Lariat and a Buckle Bomb. Went for the Elgin Bomb, but Omega countered with the One-Winged Angel. But Elgin countered that with a reverse Rana, hit the Elgin Bomb, and Omega kicked out. Which I believe he was the first person to kick out of the Elgin Bomb so far in this tournament. Elgin's next move was to go for something on the apron. Omega cut him off and tore away the matting on the outside of the ring. So it looked like he was going to try to suplex him or powerbomb him to the outside of the ring. Elgin, though, cut him off. Uh, Omega tried to counter with a Huracurana, but ended up getting hit with a power bomb onto the apron, an Elgin bomb onto the apron, I believe, which was insane. Omega came back to life after counting another power bomb attempt by Elgin off the top rope. He followed with two V triggers and an underhook pile driver, basically almost like Kevin Steen's package pile driver, except he didn't hook the legs, just the arms. Um, Elgin fought back. And then uh, was hit with a, a reverse Rana by Omega this time. Elgin came back again, hit a buckle bomb and another Elgin bomb, but Omega kicked out. Elgin then went for a burning hammer. Uh, Omega escaped, but Elgin responded with two back suplexes, then went for a burning hammer again. And he hit the burning hammer and this time got the win. And I thought, what a great finish to this match. Just awesome. Awesome finish. Uh, I think Kete Kobashi would be okay with the Burning Hammer being used as the finish in this match because just like when it, uh, Kobashi used it as a super finisher when he couldn't get the win with uh, his moves like the Falcon Arrow or the or I believe it's the Orange Crush, uh, he would go for the Burning Hammer. And this was a match where Elgin hit... Uh, Omega with everything and couldn't finish him and so he went for the super finisher the burning hammer and he got it for the win so the current standings now in the A block is Tetsuya Naito at 6, Zack Sabre Jr. at 6, Hiroshi Tanahashi at 6 points, Kota Ibushi at 4, Hiroki Goto at 4, Bad Luck Fale at 4, Tomohiro Ishii at 4, Togi Makabe at 4, Yoshihashi at 2, Yuji Nagata at 0. In the B block, undefeated, is Ka uh, Kazuchika Okada with 8 points. Then Kenny Omega with 6, Evil with 6, Minoru Suzuki with 4, 
Tama Tonga with four, Sonata with four, Michael Elgin with four, Juice Robinson with two, Toroyano with two, and Satoshi Kojima with zero. So here's my theory on how this is going to go down. Okada staying undefeated until the very end of the tournament. Uh, he he until his last match in his block. The finals uh, to go to the finals. It's going to be him against Kenny Omega. And Omega needs to win to go to the finals. Okada can go. Okada doesn't need to win. It just needs to be a draw. That's my theory for how that's going to go for the B block finals. And the match is going to go to a draw with Omega crawling towards Okada this time, unlike their last match where it was Okada crawling towards Omega. And then uh, I expect Okada to go to the finals after uh, not beating Kenny Omega but not losing to him. So he's still undefeated, but he didn't beat Omega. He, he went for a draw, so he's 8-0-1 eight, eight, oh, or something like that. And that's how I expect that to end. O uh, Omega has to beat Okada, but he can't quite do it. But Okada couldn't beat him. And then I expect Okada to go on to the finals and win the G1 and select Kenny Omega as his opponent for the Wrestle Kingdom match. It could also be Tetsuya Naito winning, uh, but we'll have to see. That's my prediction. I might be wrong, but that's where I could see this going, at least in the storytelling. Sorry, I had to cough there. And that's where I see all that going. So, that was night four, or not night four, night eight of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1. Night four, oh my goodness. You can tell uh, I'm tired or something here. And I thought that was a very, very good show. One that's absolutely worth watching. And if you are a fan of pro wrestling, if, you, if you're a fan of good wrestling, go watch Elgin and Omega and Okada and Kojima. Beautiful storytelling in that match. And I'm going to let you go until I watch Night 9 and hopefully be back later today with a podcast review of that and then we'll be back for night 10 tomorrow so i'm gonna fade you out with satoshi kojima's awesome theme song